You're listening to Latchkey Kids on the Channel 3900 Podcast Network. Here's your hosts Amy Poppinger and Sam Mulberry. Welcome to the Latchkey Kids. I am Sam Mulberry, joined as always by Amy Poppinga. Amy, we are here for uh, the episode that we promised last time, and I always get nervous when we promise an episode at the end of an episode. It's like we're busy people. What if we don't deliver? But but we but we are committed, and uh, I think part of that is actually generational because I just said this to somebody over the weekend because. Um, I've been trying to get some people to volunteer for some stuff at my kid's school. And someone pointed out to me, like, um, you are Gen X, which means that you are totally like, uh, like you're, you're committed to work. You don't have good boundaries and you always show up, but you need to understand (laughs) that the people who came behind you have much better boundaries and don't volunteer for things. And I was like, oh, that's so true. So that is why today, even though we are on a completely empty campus. It's it's not unlike a minimum security prison it is, today. It is right now. I had to go, I had to use my uh, credentials to get through multiple fire doors in order to make it into the studio today, which was very humorous to me. So we, I mean, we are on an empty campus. I mean, this place is like that high school in the breakfast club that is how it that's feels. right that's right <laughs> that is how it feels right now but we're so, committed it's, it's interesting though um and we're going to get to our topic but but what you said about sort of kind of generally yeah. generationally like gen xers versus millennials versus gen zers like i never thought because i'm a big like gen x fan like reading yeah. the scholarship of gen yes. x I, I mean i loved the douglas copeland book yep. generation x um i never thought that Gen Xers would be mostly framed as like they're pretty good citizens. Well, exactly. <laughs> Who saw no, that coming? I don't know. We're John Hughes the, did not John, see that. John coming. Hughes did not see that coming. You know, but we. I mean, we we show up for work. We lead the committee, and we. You know, and I don't know. Like I, I think we just we if if we take time for ourselves, or if we're like ah, it's enough work for today, we still feel guilty yeah. about that. Okay, I'm going to backpedal on what I said, because I said that John Hughes did not see it coming. But actually, when I think about The Breakfast Club, why did Bender show up on a Saturday a for detention? Point. It's because he's a Gen Xer. It's and because it's like, he's a Gen Xer. Yeah, yeah. It's not like his parents were driving him there. He just walked to school right. and was like, I guess I'm doing Saturday we, detention. We are rebellious people <laughs> within the, the limits and rules of our contracts. Wow, I have never, (laughs) ever thought about that before. That is going to change the way I think about uh, The Breakfast Club. Yes. Wow. We need to do a Breakfast Club episode in 2022. Just like a solid, it'll just be a one big Breakfast Club episode. But that's not what we're here for today. Uh, Unless you unwrapped a, like, Blu-ray of The Breakfast Club under your Christmas tree, that's not a relevant topic. Because today we're here to talk about Christmas. Now, last time we were talking about the kind of walk up to Christmas, the build up, the 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 anticipation. The anticipation. And today is about the disappointment. Well, exactly, right? Because I because I think that we both said that last yes. time that the build up is the thing that's that's most fun. Right. Now, one thing I want to add one more anticipatory thing that we didn't talk about last time and this can lead into how we think about celebrating Christmas itself. The the one thing we didn't have time to talk about in terms of anticipation uh and this is a very Gen X thing, um very child of the 70s 80s thing is Christmas specials. Oh. 
because that also marks mm-hmm. the beginning of the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say Christmas specials to you, what comes to mind? Oh, Charlie Brown, for sure. That's definitely what I think of. I think of... <laughs> I think of CBS mm-hmm. in general. I think that I think that even though do you, rem- I- do you remember the like rotating kind of rainbow special feature yes. thing that would play before like it's like oh this is the sign that it is a special, special presentation that it's a special presentation and I think the magic of the special presentation we've certainly we've hinted at this with other things of the the eighties. You know, you had to you had to schedule. You had to be there. Mm-hmm. Like again, Bender would have been watching. Like you had to be in place, ready to go to watch at that time. Yeah, because um just like Santa comes just once a year, Charlie yes. Brown only came hey, once, once a year. Rudolph yeah. was once a year. So it is actually amazing how often I saw those because it was like a week before you would start to see the ads or you'd go to your newspaper yeah. TV guide and be like, oh, Charlie sure. Brown's tonight. All right, we got to clear out everything. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like Charlie Brown was usually, like the, the most special night for the night, you know, the, the movie special was Thursday night. Yeah. Like, you know, and um, so I just remember, I also remember kind of the magic of being able to watch something special on a school night. It gave mm-hmm. it, it was more I don't know, it felt more special than if it had been Saturday night or whatever. Well, it's interesting you say that because those specials would usually be at least in the central time zone, they would be uh 7 p.m. and and 7:30 p.m. They would yep. that's when the the kids half yep. hour things would be. And I have such distinct memories of being pretty little and asking my parents uh I think my bedtime was 7:30 and yep. it's like can I stay up till 8 because like it's both like Charlie Brown and Frosty, and yep. it's like I, I kind of want to see Frosty because, like, otherwise it's a whole year, right? Do you think that Frosty was on at seven thirty because, like, it's, it's a Fro- little darker? It's, <laughs> I was just gonna say it's a little grittier. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and a lot of that Rankin and Bass stuff. I mean, Frosty yeah. wasn't Rankin and Bass, no. but the like the, the Ru- stop Rudolph, motion. Rudolph the yeah. Red Nose Reindeer, um, Jack Frost, the Jack Frost. One, yeah, that was those yeah. all had darkness. Those all had yeah. like seventies gritty cinema darkness yeah. around them. Yes, they, they most definitely did. There's always just like the really, I don't know, maybe it was like foreboding about coming climate change, but it's like there's always the really creepy character that has to do with heat. Yes, yes. When <laughs> <laughs> you have characters melting, you yes. have like this is just a thing. It's sinister. Think about how, now, now, kids today have that, but little kids didn't. Like, little kids, they get, like, a soft sell for a while before they, they have their heroes melting in front of them. Right. No, they do. They do. I don't know. And I haven't seen any. I mean, I'm trying to, I couldn't even name for you, like, a newer Christmas special. But it's like, are they, like, is the villain, like, rising tides? Like, rising right. seas? <laughs> so, so okay. So, Christmas special means, obviously, those kind of animated yeah. things, such as kids. I also think about Christmas specials in terms of, like... A big celebrity, usually a musician, mm. having like an yeah. evening with, you know, Barbara Mandrell and her <laughs> sisters that, or oh something. My, word. my absolute favorite. And I think for me, this was a crossover where it was one of my first like celebrity types of crushes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was there was a special. Okay. This is also so classic 1980s Christmas special. It was filmed on the Tomorrowland stage in Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Okay, right? And so, get this. Like, I had the biggest celebrity. It was my first celebrity crush. Um, Christmas special, and it was Julian Lennon. (laughs) 
I remember <laughs> that. I do. He was on the Tomorrowland stage. And as somebody who grew up going to Disneyland, um, like Disneyland is still very special to me. I got no love for Disney World. I'm all about the original. But um, I just remember that my grandfather taped it for me and I would just watch like just just the Julian Lennon part over and over and over again with all of like the fit you know he's wearing a scarf and all this stuff that's completely seasonally inappropriate actually for being in Anaheim California but like the specialness of and Disney was ABC so that that was like an ABC thing but you but like you remember I, that too I absolutely do did now did you have a context for Julian Lennon did you know who John no, Lennon was absolutely not me either <laughs> i i think i knew like I knew John Lennon was a name, but this was Julian Lennon. And I was like, what is that? I didn't yeah. know who John Lennon was. No, I didn't either. know that he was shot. I didn't know no, who the Beatles no, were. I didn't know any no. of that. But it was like, hmm, this there's something about maybe the name Lennon. Yes. You know, but then and Lennon he, was also the, you know, the and, Soviet guy. So that right. was confusing. And then, <laughs> and then I think the first time I saw John Lennon, I'm like, oh, he looks like Julian Lennon's dad. Right. Like, that's what was special to me about about John Lennon. So yeah, like I mean, I just have such vivid memories of that man, and also like how you had to on the VCR, akin to the um, same thing with like a, a cassette tape. Like you had to push play and record at the same time. Yep. Man, the stress of that! Like, did I get it yep. right? Yep. And you'd be looking at the thing to be like, <laughs> yeah. is it recording? Does it sound like it's recording? What if it accidentally clicks? <laughs> right. So okay. Another thing to shelve. So we've already said, okay, yep. Breakfast Club in 2022, yep. we got to do it. Another episode, because we're going to do some on-air producing here yes. as we wrap up this year. Another episode I want to do this year is um, things that you had recorded off of TV that you watched 10,000 10, times. Yeah, because like that is actually a great episode, and that's mm-hmm. something that does not exist anymore. No, it certainly does okay. not. Okay, but let's get to Christmas. Yep. So we talked last time about like when does the Christmas season start. When you were growing up, when did Christmas proper start? Like the actual, we are now celebrating Christmas. Um, that, definitely Christmas Eve. Um, we, uh, I mean, I even remember waking up on the morning of Christmas Eve and thinking, oh, oh, it sort of starts today. Like there's, and even if sort of through the, for my family at least, through the actual morning and midday hours of Christmas Eve, there wasn't anything special going on then. But it was still this... There was still this feeling of like, oh, you know, thus begins the um, the celebratory component. Yeah, I, I think about in media that I saw, and when I say that, I'm talking about like adaptations of Charles oh, Dickens' yeah. A Christmas Carol. There was always this sense that like Christmas Eve for for a lot of people was like a work day, but then like right. Christmas started the second the bell rang exactly. at the end of the day. And that's what I, you know, I was just thinking of how in all the movies, think of all the stuff that happens on Christmas Eve. It's like somehow Christmas Eve is actually like a 47-hour day. I mean, it's like people begin their travels, people begin their sh- like I like all of the movies, so much gets packed into Christmas Eve day. <laughs> so uh, walk me through childhood Christmas Eve day for you. What yeah. did that look like? Uh, again, just uh, like waking up, nothing um, particular on the agenda for the early part of the day. But then um, as the day would sort of build, 
I knew that we would be going to my grandparents um, in the early evening time. Was that a long um, trek? Or? No. Okay. Nope. Just across town. And my grandparents lived in the foothills of the mountains. So um, thinking of, I've talked about this before, but like New Mexico or Albuquerque being built on a grid. So going to their home, we literally were like, we were ascending. We mm-hmm. were going um, up in elevation. And the reason that's significant to sort of the story is that like... Um, we would always take a, uh, well, I'm getting ahead a little bit, but we would always um, go light looking. That's what we call it in mm-hmm. my family. Like after the evening meal, we would We jump may in the car. have used that same phrase. Yeah, light looking. And so we would drive around and look at lights. And then um, we knew it was time to sort of like be done because every year in Albuquerque, somebody in their small plane was hired to fly like like essentially not at the like not over the mountains but sort of along the crest of the mountains and he had a red blinking light you know and your parents would say oh my gosh we got to get home because there's santa and oh, you just bought it. it it was so cool and so then we would um we would usually spend the night at my grandparents on christmas eve so then we'd have to book it back up the mountain so to speak to get home i just remember how special that was and we we always had to be at my grandparents by it's funny like my, my my mom does not um drink alcohol but my grandparents were like complete and total like 1950s 1960s like they had cocktail time like every Every day there was cocktail time, cocktail hour, and cocktail. I want to hang out with was, your grandparents. Oh, they were amazing, and and so cocktail hour was from five to six. So um, we kids always got. My grandfather had this like essentially wooden. It looked like a treasure chest. My brother has it now, um, and there were all these. To- think of toys that would come in like a cracker jack box mm-hmm. type, of, like just little 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 things, mm-hmm. right? But we were always we kids would get. Uh, they'd make us Shirley Temples, and then we were sort of. We, we were sort of scooted away. You were dismissed. We were dismissed. But we got to go get, um, a, we got to go pick something out of the treasure chest and then entertain ourselves till six o'clock. <laughs> like, I even think that of that now awesome. in my life at five o'clock. I'm like, hmm, it's time for the kids to go away. They can come back at six. It is interesting. Uh, this is so much less the case and it maybe it's just a product of our the way our house is set up too like i remember in childhood the dismissals of like okay like from here to here you are not going to be yeah. on this floor of the house yes. and you are expected to show up at this time and it wasn't like a bad it was actually kind of no, great it was, it was like fine. okay cool it i'm going to go do my job which is to go play right and um being gen xers we didn't push back on that it was like all right you're told to go away you went away you i think in general you just did what adults said adults you know and that was any adult really um potentially why there's a higher rate of kidnapping in the 80s but like um but we but christmas eve was not we got to open one present um so after we got back from light looking we had to sort of hurry um and we got to open one present and i remember that you know my parents picked that present it was like you know you had mm-hmm. to they had a whole, there was a whole order to things and then we did set out cookies for santa um and that was kind of what our like that's what our Christmas Eve entailed. So you were you were a Christmas morning. Oh yeah, yeah. Gifts person. So okay. what was Christmas Eve like for you? So and when I was little, and so this is I don't know through age, maybe through eighth grade, okay. seventh eighth grade, maybe ninth grade, we would always go to my mom's aunt's house. Okay. Uh, and like, in I talked about this with Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like people would sort of collect there, um, and that was like. 
so that was Christmas Eve. So we would drive up. She lived in Minneapolis. So we'd right. drive up there. Um, and then there would be this long period of people cooking. And it was okay. not a large kitchen, but there were lots of different people in charge of different yeah. parts of the meal. And this was for the Christmas Eve meal? Yes. Okay. And we would go... Was, there the, was the cottage cheese bowl there? It, it definitely was, okay. yes. Cause, because ask me what our traditional... Um, Christmas Eve meal was. Well, what was your traditional I Christmas? I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> I think it was spaghetti, but I don't oh. know because I'm not a huge spaghetti, spaghetti fan. So like I ate cottage cheese and rolls. I, I like, could not tell you. And I loved Christmas Eve, but I could I could not tell you what we ate on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Huh. Isn't that strange? Like, like strange. It, it feels like there should be more of a tradition, but there's not. So anyhow, so my brother and I, again, would be in the basement playing these old board games or whatever. Um, and then we would... Uh, uh, we would come up for dinner, and I just remember the agony of sitting through dinner. It probably wasn't that long, but again, because oh, yeah. I'm basically eating rolls and cottage yes, cheese, I'm done yes. pretty quickly. Buttered rolls, cottage and the, cheese, and the adults would sit and talk and talk, and I'm like, guys, when you're done, we get to open presents. So, like, could you wrap this? I just remember sitting there. I'm sure I just rolled my eyes constantly, like, yeah, come on, like. I know that in the next room, I can see it from where I'm sitting at the table. There's a tree with like what felt like 10,000 gifts because this was a big group of people. Yeah, yeah. There were gifts for all kinds of different people. But I knew like my brother and I were often the only kids there. Okay. So like we got to like. We racked up stuff yeah, there because, yeah, gifts. because it was a lot of people who you know didn't have kids or things like this. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I just remember the the agony of waiting and waiting and waiting. And I like, I also knew that I didn't want to say anything about it, but I was kind of like trying to hint, like, should, right. and I'm sure, I'm certain that the adults like got great joy of oh, the yeah, agony and like would draw your, stuff yes. out and be like, oh, what should we do now? Maybe we should do this. Maybe. And it's just like, let's open presents. That's what we're supposed to do. So um, so we would do the big present opening there. Oh, wow. Um, but that wasn't our family. That was like okay. the extended family. And what was the organizational structure for that? Like, how do you decide who gets to the, did you and your brother? Was it like, we'll let the kids, like in my family, we are a, Everybody watch. Like, we go one at a time. I think we mostly did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, because we were the only kids. I think it went around. But I also think there's probably more for us than for others. So it was was a pretty great haul. Um, Now, I just thought of something I haven't thought of in maybe 15 years. So can I backtrack and talk about one thing that was Christmas before Christmas? So my mom had a friend. Uh, I presume a friend from college, but I don't, I've never met this person. Never in my entire life have I met this person. Oh, this is, I, I feel like I know where it's All right. going. And she lived in Georgia, I think. And her name was okay. Sarah. Okay. And every year, somewhere in mid-December, the biggest box ever delivered to our house would be delivered. And it was so big that, like, I remember... The UPS person or postal person, like it came on like a big truck, right? Oh. And this is magic, what I'm about to tell you. And they would bring it to the back of our house and put it on our deck. Like they didn't want to put this big box in front of our house. And we always knew like when the box from Sarah came, it was like this big deal because this was like, these were the presents. So she gave us, and I'm talking about, do you see the size of this cart? This was the size of the box. Like it was huge and it was full of presents. Oh my word! For my parents, for us, 
I've never met this person. I this per- I don't know if this person's alive anywhere. I don't know anything about this person. But the box from Sarah came came every year, and and like Matt and I, my brother, we would get just gifts galore. I don't know who this per- I, I I have to tell you, this was the strangest thing. And so, like whatever day of the week it came, it was usually a weeknight. And it was just like, oh, tonight we're doing the Sarah box. And it was like a full-on separate Christmas. Oh, my word. I want to write a children's book called Gifts from Sarah. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and like, there were – my parents would get gifts. My brothers and I would get – my brother and I would get tons of toys. And then she would always give us, like, the Whitman sampler, like the candy box. So then that was always a big tradition, too. Okay. We would go through that. So that um, – God, we might have to have, like, a, another Christmas episode. But, um, okay, so now that you're bringing it in that direction, yes, I want to back up. I think Christmas arrived when – um, if you're from the West Coast, and you know I'm grew up in the Southwest, but via the mm-hmm. like West Coast, um, you somebody always gave you a box of C's candies. Oh, I know C's like, candies. Yeah. Candies is from the West Coast, so like the box of C's candies, the getting into the box, like like committing to the choice. Because my mom was like, "There's none of this nonsense of like taking a bite and putting it back right. or picking it up, even if you got deciding. the maple one." That's right. Put it put it back. But then also, I mean, I actually think this is a really important question in our friendship. I've never asked before. If you had to choose. Pepperidge Farms or Hillshire Farms? Which one? <laughs> I, it's a tough choice. I got to say, we didn't tend to get that stuff as gifts. Okay. So I don't know that I actually have experience enough to have an opinion. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. It kind of depends if you're sort of, I think, like a sweet or savory person. See, I don't even know the difference. Okay. I mean, I don't I don't know the difference between so these Pepperidge two. Pepperidge Farms so. is like all of the different types of like the, the, the cookies, like all of the kind of, I'm going to just say very dry cookies. We were the meats and cheeses opinion. person. Yes, so whoever, you're a Hillshire yeah. Farms okay. person. Okay, okay. Because Hillshire Farms was who had the boxes at Christmas that had the... Um, the summer sausage and the smoked cheddar and yep. whatever. And I still love those things. So, you know, if, if any execs from Hillshire Farms are listening, we are looking for sponsors. And I would love nothing more than to sell your product for you on this podcast. And you know what? In Pepperidge Farms, if you're listening, we'll take yeah, you as well. That's right. But I, I think of those things as being the pre-Christmas. Like when that arrived, that felt very special. And that was like, oh. Christmas is coming. So yes, so that is that is the actual beginning of Christmas, yes. and I, like I I need to talk with my brother because this Sarah story is true, and like I know it's yeah, true, but know. like I need somebody else to be like to this clarify. happened, right? How weird and awesome was that? Maybe Sarah's listening. It could be if I think you this are is when you thank say thank you, thank you so <laughs> much because again, like I could imagine if this was from my grandmother or something like right. that, but like this is from a person who you never even is met. like a mythical figure that my mom would never tell stories about, except it just came. Yes. So yeah, better than Santa by better far. Than Santa. So anyway, Sarah. so we would do these these gifts on on Christmas Eve night, and then we would sleep over there. Yes. Um, and then we would spend all Christmas Day there. Okay. And we would come home Christmas day night and that's when my family would have our okay. like the four of us would oh, have okay. our christmas so like the gift i got from my brother the gifts i got from my parents things like yes. that um were, were typically there so we would i think i said this last time very often when we would go to my aunt's house we would go to church and my mom would be like oh i have to run grab one more thing and we'd be sitting in the car and she'd be there a little bit too long and then we would go to church and it's like that's when she was setting up everything this, okay because when we would get home and again it would be 
it would be at night, we'd get home, it would be dark, and we'd see the tree, and everything would be out all of the sudden. So That's so great. Yeah, I loved it. Yes. Well, we, um, as I mean, clearly we grew up with Santa, the, you know, believing in Santa. So we opened presents Christmas morning, and we would get up and when we would come into the living room there would be all of the santa presents were under the tree so it was like there had been presents already but now it was like and um i still well my kids are too old to believe in santa now but i continued this tradition growing up which i love um my grandmother would always buy um and i have to order it online now but um a very special wrapping paper that was like the really nice like foil mm-hmm. wrapping paper like just Oh, was that the santa paper? That was the santa paper and she would my grandmother was just a really creative person and she would just make the coolest like she'd wrap it but then it would have an amazing ribbon and there would always be extra things like there would be like candy somehow tied into the ribbon or all kinds of little special but like every present that was a santa present was from my grandparents um and they were in a much better financial position than my parents were and um and every gift was like wrapped just in it i mean it was like just in such a magical way that it just was like, well, obviously it's from Santa. Like elves wrapped this or whatever. Well, Probably it, Mrs. Claus because the, the mom never gets any credit. Right. But. I got to say there is a special place in the afterlife in a positive way for people who have separate wrapping paper for the gifts from Aww. Santa. Really like like because that tells you so much about that person that that person. It's not like, well, I have to fool these. But it's like, you know what? There's magic in the world. Yeah. And like. I maybe can't do magic, but I can celebrate the fact that there's magic in the world. Honestly, like anybody who tells me they have separate paper for the gifts from Santa. And and I got to say, we don't do Santa. So like we don't do, but it's like that person. They also believe in the theater of life. Yes. I, yes. Those things are all true. I don't know. I love, um, I mean, it's not, it's not a podcast about now, but I, I've loved carrying that on and like doing kind of, again, elaborate wrappings that then those presents, I have kind of cool things I've collected over the years, like a giant wooden C for my older son and a giant wooden L, like, you know, the Santa gifts always have like very special things on them. And I think it also, you have to be sacrificial because you ain't getting credit for what they get. That's right. Presents. That's right. So yeah. um, do you have a f- childhood memory of like, the gift that you were most excited for. Yeah, definitely. For. I mean, a, a couple of things. I I was, I mean, I've said this before, but I think it just is part of being a, a kid of the 80s. I wasn't into Cabbage Patch dolls. I've mentioned I think those were creepy, but I loved Barbie. Um, And I don't know how great that was, but I, I did. I loved it because I loved imaginary play. So I think Barbie was essentially, it was like a doll. You know, I mean, it was like playing dolls, kind of, sort of. I didn't have other types of dolls or like a traditional type of dollhouse. But um, one year I did get the Barbie dream. Dreamhouse, and that was like amazing. And um, I was, I never thought I would get that. And it was like the big one. And like I did get it. And um, I probably for three years, probably longer than I should have age wise, potentially, my kind mother let me set that up in our in our dining room it was kind of the only place for Mm -hmm. it like it was too big to have like in your bedroom and i mean for years this this barbie dollhouse thing barbie malibu dream house um was set up in the corner of the dining room and i would endlessly play by myself after school with the barbie dream house the other present i remember because i'm not i assume this game still exists although in probably a cheaper crappier version because none of the games we grew up with are made as nicely as they were when we were kids but was a game called Kerplunk. 
Oh, sure. Did you have Kerplunk with like the cylinder? I didn't, but I know it. Yeah. So Kerplunk is a a little bit Jenga-esque. I mean, it's like this this cylinder. Think of the shape of a um, lava lamp kind of, but like a plastic cylinder. And you push all of these very spiky. So you probably can't play Kerplunk anymore because actually the little, what would you? I mean, they were almost like these long needles. You would stick them in these holes all through the center of the cylinder at wacky angles. Then you fill the cylinder with marbles, and then you're on your turn. You have to pull out mm-hmm. one of the planks, and then however many marbles fall to the bottom, that that goes against you. I loved playing Kerplunk. <laughs> loved it. <laughs> well, I will say my favorite, most memorable gift is is actually the the 1980s boy equivalent of the Barbie okay. dream house, which is, I re- this has probably got to be 84, 85. Um, I was a big Star Wars fan. Okay. Right? And I remember in my, and what's funny is in my memory, I under the tree, this was all set up, but I'm certain it wasn't. Like it okay. had to just be okay. in the box. Sure. But I got the Ewok Village oh, from I Return of the, the Jedi. Oh, I remember the Ewok Village. And like I remember wanting that, but I don't even think I asked for it because oh, it was just like, the there's no like, way. Right, right. Like, yeah. And like, and I just remember, I remember being so blown away that yes. like I lived in a world where I could get that. I could get that. And just, um, Creative play and imaginative play, I, I, I truly just aged out of my Barbie dream house. I never got tired of it. Right. I just aged out of it. Like, yep. I had to stop playing with it because it was like, man, I'm turning 14. I probably should. But, I mean, I never aged out. I bet you never would have been done playing with no. your Ewok village. No, no. no I mean, because I think about the things that I wanted to do with those things. Like, I always dreamed of making movies and making yeah. cartoons and it's just like it's kind of part of what I do now it's yes. just like it's like yeah like it's it was the thing that launched me into yes this is what I'm interested in I was just thinking and maybe I'm going too deep here but I mean what I enjoyed about that Malibu dream house I enjoyed setting up house I enjoyed decorating the Malibu dream house moving the furniture around and like that's one of my absolute favorite things to do in the world now like I'm a complete and total home body and what I enjoy about being at home is constantly changing up my viewpoint at home like the way the furniture is arranged the way I decorate oh man <laughs> so <laughs> I think when we okay so we, we do we're good at coming up with business ideas on this show and because uh-huh. we're too busy to ever execute them I feel like you and I are ne- you know like right. someone else can go this is our gift That's to right. our podcast community is take one of these ideas and run with it but I've read a lot lately about how um, a, a new sort of trend in memory care facilities is to essentially recreate what life looked like for people when they felt sort of their most productive like you know so like they literally have where if you were a physician they set up like a physician's office for you and you go to work every day because that's what makes you feel safe and secure and and, that makes perfect sense so like do you think can we set up a memory village that's like essentially half ewok village and then just across the road from it is the barbie dream house you know well actually in all honesty, because part of – again, we're talking a lot about Gen X here yeah. specifically, but part of us is like we are kind of the first generation to really have a sort of arrested development a little bit yeah. where it's like 
like we talk about this all the time. We still think that we're kids. Yes. And we still like like the things from our childhood. I think when we're the age where we need to be in those types of things, I don't think it will be our careers. I think it will be our childhood. Oh, I totally so agree. Like, so like, yeah, there is like a an uh, a Barbie dream house. There is like a Millennium Falcon you can play with. There yes. is a G.I. Joe aircraft carrier yes. you can play with. I think as like an, uh, an old person going through dementia, I will find comfort in those things. Oh, I totally agree. No, I think that's a really interesting observation because it is that. Like what brings me the most comfort? Um you know, when I was growing one of my other favorite gifts was, um, and they had like, quote, boy versions of these, because let's face it, um, in our generation, gifts were very gender specific. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? yeah. It was like, here's the girls, boys, here's the boys toys. But there were these, um, like, it, it was called like a fashion plate set. And it was like, you, so you, it came with paper and colored pencils. And then it was, do you know what I'm talking I about? Like, remember this like, exactly. So, so you had different plates, these plastic plates, and you'd put them in the, I don't know what to call it. Like, you put them in the... It's like the frame thing. The frame yeah. thing. Yeah. And then you pull the frame down over it. And then, you well, you put the piece of paper on top of the plates, pull the frame down over it, and then you use a regular pencil to sketch it. And then you can, like... You can then you get to go color in the outfit, yep. right? And so it's sort of like paper. It's it was sort of like the eighties version of paper dolls in yeah, a way yeah. because you could change the outfits up, all of this, all of that. Like I did that for hours, and now as an adult, and I know you do this too. Um, we're very different, but we both really enjoy sketching and drawing, mm-hmm. and um, that's something I've picked back up in the last couple of years. And I I was finally doing some the other day. I get really busy and I don't have much time for it, but I literally thought to myself, I could do this all day like when i'm retired and be perfectly happy exactly like I, I because it's so fulfilling to me and it's akin to that it's what was so fulfilling to me when i was nine exactly exactly so amy as we're sort of turning making the turn towards home here we talked about how christmas is disappointing but so far yeah. there hasn't been a lot of disappointment <laughs> yet right so 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 let, let, let's talk yeah. about that okay um <laughs> Uh, why Why is both of our instincts to be like, well, the actual Christmas is more disappointing than the buildup, which is so exciting. Yeah, well, so here's where mine turns kind of dark. So here's where my therapy begins. Um, you know, my parents got divorced when I was, they separated when I was eight, officially got divorced, I think, when I was nine. And so from there on out, even though they both got remarried by the time I was 11 and I very much love and care for and actually always have my um, step parents and my extended family. But when they got divorced, that marked the beginning of being um, separated at holidays, like mm-hmm. and that and that Christmas never again got to function as it had. Mm-hmm. Like it was never going to my grandparents again on Christmas Eve because I had to be I had to go to one or the other. So there was always a manufactured Christmas Eve if we weren't with my mom. And there was always a manufactured Christmas morning, like, um, and in my in, in my sort of new families, like my um, stepmom was a Christmas Eve person, gift opener. Mm-hmm. So we would open gifts on Christmas Eve, and then Christmas Day we didn't do anything, um, and that just was really like like that until I had my own fam- my own family, my own children. Um, Christmas was never as enjoyable because all of the things that built up to Christmas remained the same. All of that remained the same and all of that remained enjoyable to me. But um, I got to the point where because of that, because of sort of going here, there and everywhere and 
um, always feeling, even though I had preferences, which I will not speak, but even though I had preferences, it's still, there was still like a fake quality Mm -hmm. to it. Um, And that just kind of ruined, I mean, it didn't, I want to say it ruined it, but it it did make it so that, again, I enjoyed everything leading up because there was normalcy in that. And then Christmas Eve and Christmas Day just didn't feel like they had. If that had been my normal my whole life, who knows? But it wasn't my normal anymore. And so that was like tremendously disappointing um, to me. So that I think is like for me why Christmas Eve and Christmas Day end up being uh, somewhat disappointing. I also just think that they're disappointing because um, I don't know. I mean, not to get all deeply spiritual, but I think we we do actually um, like like the anticipation part of Christmas of of December leading up to Christmas is such a healthy reminder of all the things we can't control. Mm-hmm. And then I think what happens is on Christmas, we try to make it something and it doesn't ever work out to Mm -hmm. be what you make it to be. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and I think this is this is also the potentially the difference between growing up in New Mexico and growing up in Minnesota to there. Because this is this is the feeling I always have for me. I always want to like prolong the like, we're still in the magic period. Right. But then it's like, so I remember being a kid and like always trying to like hide one gift for myself as we were open, you'd be like, well, I still have oh, this one yes. to open. Cause like once, yes. but like, but once done. that's open, then it's like, we're done. And then we start to clean up and we start to put things away. Yes. And it's like, okay. You know, and especially as we got older and started to do Christmas at home, instead of, you know, going away, there would be this sense of like, all right, Christmas morning's over now. What? And, uh, yeah, and, and just just feeling like I don't I don't know what to do now. Yes. Like I'm I'm some and I, you know, we've talked about this. Like I'm somebody, and I think you're like this too. Like we both love planning a big event, putting all the work in. I'm the type of person who then doesn't want to attend oh, the yeah, event. Agreed. So no, this 100%. so so Christmas is all about that. Yes. It's like it's like I want to do everything, but like I don't. I don't want it, the end to be. I don't want the best part to happen because then it's over. And then you compound that with living in Minnesota, where. People talk about, oh, white Christmases and loving snow. And it's like, I always want to push that off because I know how long Minnesota winters are. Now, the thing we never think about is that Christmas is at the beginning of winter. winter. Yeah. And then it's like you have, as a kid, it's like, we got to go back to school. The weather's going to get worse and miserable and wet. Awful. Yeah. Followed by February, which is awful. Followed by March, which is wet. Followed by April, which is wet. (laughs) And it's like, it's like you just, you just know you have this slog ahead of you. Yes, it is. And, and it's the weirdness of knowing Christmas is never further away than it is on December 26th. My tree doesn't look the same to me Mm because I mean, I just love a Christmas tree so much. Um, but every day it's up after Christmas feels like it's something I need to do. Like I need, you know, yep. like I'm looking at it like now I'm looking at it like something I know that I need to take care of and that's going to take me a long time and there's no fun and magic and in, in, right. in taking it apart. Um, well, I think one of the, one of the best versions of this is like how weird Christmas songs sound on December 26th. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, it's like, no, no yeah. weird. Put that away. We're done with, we're done with yeah. that. Um, no, and, and it's a weird relationship because at the same time, I, I like, you know, so many people go away for Christmas. And when I mean away, I mean, they're like, we're going to Florida. We're going to, you know, mm-hmm. like, we're not going to do Christmas this year. You will never hear the words, <laughs> we're not going to do Christmas this year coming from these lips. Like, I just, I don't think I could not, even though it's disappointing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was funny because I just... um 
Like even on the years when we haven't been home for Christmas because we've gone to my in-laws or something and then someone will say to me, well, did you put up a tree? And I'm like, are you crazy? Of course. It's like asking me if I was wearing a seatbelt. Right. <laughs> like, so of course. Ha- has Christmas gotten less disappointing as you've gotten older? Mm, yeah, I think so. I mean, having children really um, makes there's – there's a magical – you know, Christmas is far more magical when your kiddos are little, mm-hmm. at least for me. That's been the case – um, but that will circle back when your kids leave the house and it's yes. like Christmas is a time when they come, they come home. back, yeah. um, hopefully if they do. Um, no. So, so yes. And I think I also have learned to anticipate that it's okay to feel disappointed by it and to know that and to mm-hmm. say, you know, you feel this way. You know that this is sort of how you feel. And then like you'll move on from it. I don't know. What about for you? Uh, I would say, and this is entirely a product of, well, it's a product of growing older, but it's also a product of, you know, economic comfort and privilege that like a while back, I reached the age where I stopped wanting Wanting things. And it's like, oh, this is great. Because it's like, I just want to spend time with people. And I just want to like, like, so Christmas Day has now become, like, great. We have traditions that we do Christmas Day as a family that aren't about wanting things and whether you yeah. got some. It's just like, so So I feel like like it has been, it is, I almost wish Christmas wasn't, even as a child, wasn't about getting gifts, even though I loved that. Yeah. Because it's like, that, like, soured me in a kind of way. And sure. I had to reach this point where I'm like, oh, yeah, it's got nothing to do with that for yes. me. I love buying gifts for people. But I, but like I don't, but I don't need that either. If you told me where that Christmas gift giving was done, I'd be like, okay, that's okay. Like, like, like we could, we could still do Christmas. You've brought this right back to Charlie Brown Christmas special when <laughs> Linus gets on stage. Spotlight, please. That's right, <laughs> and tells us what the real meaning of Christmas is. Well, Amy, this has been very, very fun, it has. Um, and we have so much great Latchkey Kids coming in 2022. I'm really laboring to get that year right when I say it because I feel like 2021 both just started and has been unbelievably long yeah um but 2022 is just around the corner we've we've already pitched episode ideas i know to you. we're ready to go and i would say as a listener email us at channel 3100 yeah. at gmail.com if you have m- childhood memories things that you want us to explore uh movies you want us to explore music tv topics that you want us to explore um this is not a show just to 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 say kind of our process this is not a show we spend a lot of time preparing it's uh when we sat down today you said should we do a little thinking through this and we talked for about two and a half minutes and we're like let's just start um and so so yeah if you have if you have memories things you want us to talk about like let us know because i really want to start to it's been fun to explore the rhythms of the school year which we've done so far and we will keep doing that i i'm certain we'll have a valentine's day episode because i want to talk about childhood valentine's day i want to talk about spring break as a kid i want to talk about all these things but but if there's other things email us channel 3900 at gmail.com um amy that's all the time that we that we have but in the immortal words of billy ocean when the going gets tough the tough get going down to georgia merry christmas mystery sarah thanks for listening to latchkey kids email us at channel 3900 at gmail.com and subscribe to the channel 3900 podcast network on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts